Hey, where are you from? So, uh, what do you do? That's what you get asked a lot, right? When you're meeting someone new, at a party, your dating profile. So tell the world the answer to both of those questions at the same time. We figured out how. We just launched a brand new online store that has all 50 states represented with gear for physical therapists. Now at ptpintcast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee? Check. South Carolina physical therapist t-shirt? Yeah, we got that. Face mask for a Florida PT? Check and double check. Great gear for life, all showing off your profession and your home state. PT gear store available now at ptpinecast.com. So go there and you can show off your profession and home state at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. Let's bring on uh, our next guest in just a second. Do you want to thank our friends at Owens Recovery Science a single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training, BFR, as the cool kids are calling it these days. Uh, Johnny Owens was just on that ESPN documentary and Alex Smith and recovering him from that traumatic uh, leg injury. Really brutal. Uh, so check him out online, owensrecoveryscience.com. Also a podcast on iTunes, the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. Smart way to name it that because that's who they are. Uh, let's bring on our next guest. A clinical faculty member at Ithaca College who loves NeuroPT, loves it. Also a proud Ithaca College alum, mom of two little ones, a runner, and really just enjoys all of the hiking, wineries, and breweries that Ithaca has to offer. And she knows how to work the pole. Relax. She was a pole vaulter. Let's bring in us a next guest, ladies and gents, Jill Mayer. You knew that Thank was coming. You. Yeah, thank you for that introduction. That was perfect. I, I really appreciate that, Jimmy. <laughs> pole vaulting. I mean, that's like the most that's like the most rare. That's like, you know, who does that? And I mean, someone on each team kind of has to get suckered into it. But like what made you say this seems like a great idea to fling myself 15 feet in the air on a giant, flexible, but sturdy pole? Totally. So initially I didn't like running and I wanted to try the track team. So I was like, all right, let's let's pick the one that you run the least amount because you just have to go down this little stretch, right? Just. Like seven steps. Right. And then you, you fly over. And uh, then I ended up loving running. So it was a, you know, mixed bag, but yeah, my best is 10 feet. So I never, you know, I'm not near the Ithaca college bombers right now, but um, in terms of the heights that they're clearing, but you know, I'll go under an underpass and I'm like, oh, I used to, I used to clear that. Like I could, I could jump Man. that. I could halt that. Neat. That is crazy. As uh, the students chime in again, uh, questions, comments, you can throw them in the, uh, the, the comment section below and interact there. Uh, if you're watching a live stream, if you're watching the replay, uh, drop a replay just to let you know. So Jill, uh, besides the pole vault, I had to throw that in there. Um, you and I have something in common. You've done some volunteering, volunteering, uh, internationally. And I've talked about this experience a couple of times, and I will continue to talk about this experience. I'd heard people before who've done service trips and they say, they always say like, it sounds like a cliche. Cause they always kind of say the same thing. Oh my gosh, you get out way more than you put in. And I'm like, okay, that's just what people say, but oh my gosh, you get out way more than you put in. You've been to, um, Malawi in Africa, like four times to work over there. Talk about that. Like real quick. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's such a cliche, Jimmy, but it's life-changing. And I think that's one thing that I have to say with Ithaca college that it offers. Um, you know, there are these opportunities to get out and do these service activities through healthcare, but I went out to Malawi actually first as a student in a study abroad, right at the end of the graduate years. And, um, 
We did mobile medical clinics for people in rural, very rural, rural communities. And we brought medical supplies and took vitals and gave medications. We treated a lot of malaria. I would work with the little kiddos um, who had various neurologic diagnoses like born with cerebral palsy or ended up with cerebral malaria. Um, so it was just, it's just been such an awarding, rewarding experience. And um, it, actually, I got to come full circle because in 2017, I took students to Malawi. Um, yeah, so it was awesome. And now, in, and since my experiences too, and being able to tell others, we've had three students go by themselves and they stayed at one of the physical therapists there's home and took care of her dogs and then worked there for several weeks at her um, clinics. And it was just at all these outreach clinics across the area and going on little scooters and bikes all over and um, but making a difference. So, uh, you know, what, what Teo is saying, too, is just kind of making a difference, I think, is really, really important, no matter how big or small. Right. Tell me about one of those. I was I was that's exactly where I was going. Tell me about one of those moments or people that like when you when someone says hey you went to africa like boom that's the snapshot that's the polaroid in your mind yeah i'd say there is a one of the things we did is we worked at a crisis care nursery and this is a nursery for babies whose mothers a lot of times may have died at birth um or they had came from a really poor family and the family can't take care of them so they could be found um, someplace, or they're raised here until the dad, till they're old enough to be a little bit more self-sustaining. And so there's this little baby Grace. Um, and she, I just like immediately kind of clung to her. And um, since I've been able to, before COVID, unfortunately, but we were, I was able to send her care package uh, each year with the crew that kind of came. And my goal is still to get her to get to have an education um, so, and we named my, um, daughter, her middle name is grace to kind of uh, keep, keep Malawi, you know, always with us. So. That's great. I love, I, and I asked that question, not knowing if there was a story, but knowing that there was, there had to be, and I just pulled this off the wall. I just jumped off camera and this is like, you know, my moment, like I have, this is like one of my most prized possessions and that's me. You know, we, we had an, an, an opportunity to, I went to Costa Rica with Marymount university where I went to PT school, met this individual met this this boy Hainer and realized he needed a power wheelchair but he's in an orphanage in costa rica how's he gonna get a wheelchair so we go funded me him a wheelchair and then i got to bring it to him they were like yeah all right we'll send you back i should have had Taya with me because I, I had to bring it i had to bring one of my professors with me because i was speaking <laughs> spanish um and it was a great experience i'm telling you when i when i so when i say this and i know it sounds like a cliche because everybody says it you will get out of it more than you put into it it is a fantastic experience so jump at the opportunity to do some of that is is great that you had you know something like that. Love yeah, to hear it. absolutely good. Keep, I keep it. I, we're doing. A, we got a fundraiser in a couple of weeks for um, a prenatal clinic that we're trying to get going there because the maternal health care and the infant health care is not the best. So anyway, we're working on all sorts of things. So don't keep, anyway. It. How can someone get yeah. involved in that? How can someone interact? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're gonna we have a GoFundMe. So I will definitely post that. I don't have the link yet set up, but. Um, yeah, we're just we're super excited. We're just trying to keep it keep connections because COVID, you know, it hits everybody hard. Yeah. But when you look at a developing country, it's it's a whole nother it's a whole nother thing. So I don't know. It smells a little like a future podcast episode to me. Ooh. 
not bad. Just me sniffing around. Um, In the intro, besides pole vaulting, we did mention some other stuff about physical therapy. Really passionate about uh, spinal cord injury rehabilitation, neuro, walking recovery. Like, you know, why do you love that? I mean, there's obvious reasons why we love that because those are people who really need our help. But like, why, why you? Why do you, what about that really draws you in? You know what? It came down to a clinical instructor that I had and it, her passion. Um, her name's Buffy. She works at Craig Hospital now. Um, she was just such an amazing spinal cord injury therapist. Um, she works a lot with the Christopher Dana Reeve Foundation and the NRN program. Um, so her passion just, spread to me immediately, you know, immediately just working with her. It was my last clinical. Um, and so I really just can't thank her enough so that just, I always say to the students too, I hope you find that person that can light your passion because you're going to go at, you're going to go places with that. Like clinical instructors are so important and I'm not saying that, but they really are. And especially like where you, where they fall, right? Like, so early clinical instructors, they need to really be patient or like, Right. Like just so patient. And then the, the, as you progress, it's like, they, I don't know, like we should do an episode. on like, kind of like that, that I'm just picturing sort of this like arc of like really nurturing in the beginning. And then towards the end, it's like, I'm pointing you towards passion. And then like, I am going to kick you out of the nest. Like I need to be a little bit of this, a little bit of this, but man, finding the right one. I mean, your face just lit up when you started talking about her. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, right along your lines, I say, I would, I kind of helped some of the newer CIs, um, at the last place I worked. And I would say, you know, put the month, put a good month into your student, like give them everything for that month. And then you'll start, you'll get to leave at the end of the day and they're going to stay and have to finish your paperwork. Right. So it's just, it's a little bit, it, you know, their paperwork too, because it's their patients because you're giving them more and more autonomy as it goes right. on. Um, but then you're able to kind of let them take the reins and then they graduate, you know, they're done. So it's amazing like to see that transition. So why, uh, why students, what about that, you know, lights you up? What, what do you get out of being a faculty? I mean, pay, let's pretend none of them are listening right now. None yeah, of yeah. them are not even listening. <laughs> Don't say anything nice about them just because, but like, what about work? What do you get out of that experience? I mean, you know, Jimmy, right. It's fulfilling. You get to do what you're passionate about all the time, every day. I'm teaching what I love. How could you not want to do that? And I still work with patients and then I get to bring students with the patients, right? So everybody's light bulbs are going off and it's just like this super fulfilling environment. Um, yeah. I mean, it's them, it's, it's them, it's the passion. And then it's trying to get those students to recognize, you know, their worth and their ability to have an impact. So I, I mentioned this with Teo and I mentioned I was guilty of this as well, right? I don't know if it's just me or him. Well, it can't just be me because I know it's him. Um, sometimes we seek that validation. Like that's an important thing. Like if you're a if you're in a person of and you know, some because you, you said a minute ago, you well, you know, Jimmy. I'm like, I'm not a professor. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I will not assume either. But that's really sacred almost is kind of a word I want to use, which is like you're standing in front of that room or in front of that Zoom room. And like, kind of like your opinion and your reaction, like really it, it carries a ton of weight and that's um, important, like, and a very thoughtful use of that root word, very important in terms of uh, a faculty's role. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely the, the power struggle there too, right? So there's what does this that power, mean? well, I just mean like a power differential. So oh, in, yeah. in a sense, you know what I mean? Um, so you've got to be careful, I think, in your role too. But one thing that I, when I, so I'm an alum too, like you said, 
so when I was at Ithaca, one of the best things for me was that the faculty treated the students, myself, as a future colleague. And so that is what I've strived to do. You know, I'm not talking down to anybody that I'm going to be emailing you in five years from now and needing your assistance and wanting to know what what you're doing in the clinic and what your protocol is and and how are you handling, you know, that oncology patient who's hemoglobin is 6.5 and neutrophil is like really low. And that's what, that's what we need. So we have to work together starting now. So important, like such a big deal. And I've even said like, you know, we've, we've discussed this on this uh, show. I'm not really sure where or how it came up. We talked about like, when do you start? When, when are you in the physical therapy profession? And I took the, you know, we were kind of, wasn't an Oxford debate, but I was sort of debating like the day you walk into PT school. Like, are you in the profession? Well, if you walk on the street and you're like, I'm a student physical therapist, it's kind of like when people are looking at you as if, so you should act as if. So is it when you graduate, you know, is it when you get your first job? And I'm, I think I took, it was, you know, this hypothetical debate or whatever, just over a couple of beers. And I said, the day one of PT school. So I think act as if, and then it's, you know, if you act as if from that day on, you know, that never wears off. That's a great, you know, otherwise you got to turn it on at some point. I say just act yeah. as if, you know. Right. I like it. I like it. On top of uh, spinal cord injury and neuro, you also like like, uh, oncology rehab and how physical activity relates to recovery in that particular population. We actually just did a nine hour continuing education. We we produced. So we use this platform and produce a nine and a half hour continuing education course just on oncology physical therapy. And we we did that on purpose, which was like it's this super small but like super passionate focus area of the profession that is kind of rocket shipping as well as I think like physical therapy in the, in the emergency department too. Those are two areas that kind of talk to each other a lot. Uh, what about like physical therapy, oncology, that population like drives you? Yeah, I know. Great. I've actually listened to a couple of your oncology podcasts. So it's interesting because it's like, I feel like I know you before coming into this, but you don't know, you have no idea who I am. Um, no. But yeah, <laughs> so, so, you know, oncology for, for me, it started because I had a patient who was an oncologist who had a stroke. So he had a stroke. So that's why I was seeing him. And then we got to be close. I treated him for a while and then I treated him in home care. And um, he asked me to come and speak at a breast cancer support group. Wow. And so I realized I didn't really know what I was going to talk about. And then I needed to do all this research. And so that's sort of where it started, uh, you know, just under 10 years ago, probably nine, eight, nine years ago. And um, now it's like actually one of my one of the, our my co-workers, co-faculty members, Kaylee and I, we actually spoke to University of Rochester this morning on um, oncology PT. And biggest things for us is like focusing on just no matter what, every patient should be doing some level of aerobic exercise. So you know, minimum guidelines are three times a week, 30 minutes for all cancer survivors. And that is showing really positive effects across the, across the spectrum. Um, other big takeaways from it is, so other than telling your patients about exercise would be just identifying, I think one of the big things is bone mets is pretty common. It can be common. That's one of the most common places of metastases for patients with breast cancer uh, and prostate cancer and lung cancer. Okay, so that's a lot of people that we see, you know, it's one in eight for breast cancer, one in nine for prostate. So if you can just even as an outpatient therapist, remember bone is next. So look in your history and, you know, make sure if something's not seeming right, then you can pay attention to that. So those are, our, you know, a couple of our takeaways. 
some of the big takeaways for me pre-conference was, and I like, I did this kind of like therapy session where I just like was super honest. And I was like, I'm telling you in PT school, you learn everything that Jill just said, but then you'll work. I did work with a, with patients who had not act, not an active case of cancer, but a history of cancer. And I, I, I took it easy on them because I just kept hearing the big C. I was like, do not hurt them. And everything that our speakers said, because and they hammered it home, was you have you have to push yeah. them. They're humans push need them. this. You yeah. taking it easy on them is not what's going to do them any good. Um, and that was a really empowering nine and a half hour day. And all of them, like just just very very passionate about that patient population. So when I saw intensity, people, right? Intensity yes. matters across across every spectrum: well, neuro, oncology. You you need intensity. Leslie Walkie was one of our speakers and she's like, she runs a triathlon program at her hospital where she's like, oh, so you're, you're, you're being discharged. Great. Come over here to our triathlon. You've never done a triathlon. Even better. Let's go. We're going to swim bike. Like, she's like, I have people asking me, what's the order? What are the events? What's in a triathlon? There are three, but what? Are, and she's like, get over, just show up. And the cool part is if you've ever done a try too, I'm a try dork. Um, it's a very like tight, like bunch of weirdos i say triathlon is a sport that allows me to be mediocre at three things in one day um and everybody just they don't care they're like just finish or don't yeah. whatever just show up start is really the, the point but they they just jump in they go now i'm part of a different community for a, a, a great reason yes we have this bond of a history of cancer but also like all right we're gonna do this triathlon we're gonna dress up in lycra and wear goofy helmets and, <laughs> and stuff but that's the cool part about it. So those were the big takeaways um, for that one. We're definitely going to do another event with those people because they were just, I mean, they were like, we just scratched the surface. I was like, let's do more cool stuff. That sounds good. Uh, yeah, I love it. Jill, are you ready for, uh, are you ready for three questions? We're going to do three questions with Jill. All right. Play the, um, the thing, Bridget. I'm using hand gestures on a podcast. That's not great. That's not a great podcast move to me. All right. Uh, three questions brought to you by our friends again at fusionmedstaff.com. Uh, find them online at, I just said the website, fusionmedstaff.com. I'm not sure why I'm repeating that. Probably it's because I'm on my second beer. Uh, but uh, let your PT license uh, let you move about the country as you see fit. All right. Where there are people that need physical therapists. All right. So Jill, three questions. First question, again, is a where question. You're obviously in your Ithaca, but where, where you want to go? Where's somewhere you're itching to go? I want to go to Northern California and yeah. do the hiking and the wineries up there. That would be great. Yeah. You mentioned, yeah. although, and I'm going to stick up for this. I did my 40th birthday party in the Finger Lakes, New York wineries. I know. I know. Right. Don't just They're nap at me. Don't just nap at me. Finger Lakes people. Google it. Oh yeah. And you can go to, you can go to six of them for the price of one, you oh, know, out in Napa too. So you can have a really good time. We rented a bus. We did not mess yes. around. I went to the, I'm not going to do it, but I, we went to the middle finger Lake. Yep. Yep. See what That's I did a there? necessity. The, yeah. Safe transportation. Right. Jimmy. Yep. Oh, you, do, you rent like a bus and they drive you around. They're great. All right. Second question is a, a what question. What's something the audience should read, watch, or listen to a book, movie, podcast, something. I love the starfish poem. You ever hear that? The starfish no. poem. Okay, so the starfish poem is about a little boy on the beach, and all the starfish are washed up on shore, and okay. he's out there, it's tides coming in, and he's throwing all the starfish back, and a man walks up and then says, you know, why are you, why are you wasting your time? There's thousands of starfish out there, and you can't possibly, you know, get to, get to all of them. 
And so the little boy bends down and he grabs another starfish and he throws it back in the ocean. And he says, well, I made a difference to that one. Ooh. So that's my favorite. That's hit me right in the feels there. <laughs> Directly in that. That's a good one. I like that. All right. Uh, third question is a who question. Who is someone the audience should know more about? So my top favorite researchers right now are Susan Harkema in oh, yeah. uh, spinal cord injury research with the epidural stimulation. I think it's just amazing what she's doing in terms of walking recovery for our patients. And then, um, I, you know, you got to love Nicole Stout and Catherine Campbell, who are both oncology PTs and yeah. doing just amazing work out there for us. Yeah. So those would be my, uh, my women that I'd love to meet one day. And here's the coolest part. You just mentioned several women they that is not the first time that those names have been on the show so like, i love like the venn diagram of it susan harkama was brought on we had a, a guy named yanni corey who works for next step fitness he was a patient of, of dr harkama and is now opening a bunch of we gotta have yanni i'm gonna write that down yanni needs to come back on the show and nicole stout's been on the show she's fantastic all right uh so that uh was your three questions all right we're, don't go i mean go somewhere but don't go anywhere stay there we're gonna bring on our next guest so jill thank you we're gonna bring you back in a minute though so we're going to boop you out of there. Perfect. All right. Final guest of tonight. And again, if you have questions or comments, don't hold back. Uh, next and final guest of tonight, physical therapist who has, has dedicated her career to spinal cord injury rehabilitation, president and co-founder of Empower Spinal Cord Injury, which runs residential rehabilitation programs in New York and Montana each summer. Passionate about adaptive sports and wheelchair skills and outside of works, loves to ride her bike, snowboard, and spend time with her daughter, Kita, and her pup, Beans. Ladies and gentlemen, well, Carrie Callahan. Carrie. You Jimmy. Bat and cleanup. I like that. <laughs> What's that? I said you're batting cleanup, batting fourth tonight. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring it home. All right. What are we drinking? Anything tonight? You got anything with you? I'm doing a Corona. I've got, I'm, I'm double fisting. I've got a spindrift. Hydrating. I mean, you got to do that. A little That's, smart. That's just smart drinking there. <laughs> um, and some Lawson's little sip, little sip of sunshine. Very good IPA. I love that one. All right, Carrie, welcome to the show. Uh, saw on your, your, your profile, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, adaptive sports and running a program in New York and Montana. Talk about adaptive sports because this is a little bit more involved than I think some, some that I've been involved with. This is fun. Talk about this. Yeah, yeah. So um, Empower is a residential rehabilitation program. So it's a two-week program in New York or has been a two-week program in New York and a one-week program in Montana. But um, we've gotten involved in or I've, I've gotten really passionate about um, adaptive surfing. So that's something that I was so excited to bring to, to our program. Um, and who knew that there's decent surf on Long Island? Wait a second. Hold on a second. So I've heard of like their skiing, wheelchair sports, like pool, but like surfing, you're bringing in a lot of other elements. Like, I don't know the ocean. I mean, like that is not necessary. I mean, I can't surf at all, but you are now doing adaptive sports, multiple people. Like, how are you bold enough to just say, yeah, let's do that. Like kudos first of all, but like, wow. Talk about that journey. Yeah. I think, um, so one of the big goals of the program is to, you know, allow people to see what, what their potential is, or like, what are some opportunities that they might not have even realized that they could, you know, participate in. So, um, I'm a horrible surfer myself, but I love to, <laughs> I, I love to help other people surf. Um, and so I took a, a training for, you know, to learn how to do it, how to, how to do the adaptive surfing and help other people surf. And 
I think for people that have had, um, for the people I've worked with that have had spinal cord injuries of different levels, um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of the people that come to our program are, you know, have different levels of tetraplegia. So they're, you know, might have upper extremity involvement as well. And so to get them out and into the waves, not just into water in, in you know, doing some swimming in water, but out in, into the waves and experiencing kind of this, the power of the surf yeah. um, is a really, it can be a really transformative experience for, for the people that have, that we've, we've helped with it. Because a lot of people, and again, not a great, I mean, I've surfed once and did not go well. We do not have footage of that, unfortunately. Um, people don't understand, or maybe if you haven't, if you don't li- try it, like getting out, getting over the breakers. And now you're, 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 you're saying, I'm going to do this with another human being who needs, you know, like not easy. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm running that, um, that event, or I'm kind of in charge for that specific event. And um, it's definitely the most stressful day of my year. And there's a ton of planning and um, coordinating and, and um, pieces that need to fall into place for it all to, to run successfully. And just nature, you know, like we're, we're depending on surf and like. <laughs> I was, so I was a beach, uh, when I was doing my prerequisite courses for PT school, I went from being a full-time radio DJ in Pennsylvania. And then I was like, you know what? I'm out hanging up the headphones. I'm done. Convenient how I kept the headphones though, because I started a podcast. But um, I was doing my prereqs at Coastal Carolina in Myrtle Beach, and I was a beach lifeguard. And a lot, of, and I had someone ask me at a bar. A lot of my stories revolve around bars. Um, uh, are there waves at the beach at night? She was from Kansas, and I was like, "Well, we the uh, wave machine needs to rest, so we do turn it off uh, around sunset." <laughs> But a lot of, yeah, a lot of people don't understand like the power of the surf. And that's a, that's a f- very, a fluid environment in terms of, uh, in trying to navigate that. How would some, like you said, you went through the training to do that. Who's the organization just briefly, like, yeah, who, who teaches you that? How do you learn that? That, so, um, Amp Surf was the organization that I, yeah. I learned. Yeah. Amp, Amp Surf. Yeah. Amp Surf. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah. So I, I, actually met some of my some close friends through the training because like who is into adaptive surfing it's not like a huge community um but but yeah it's it's i think it's most impactful too for the people that a lot of people were injured um surfing or people might have been injured um like diving into the waves of that sort of thing so to get back Um, into the surf is kind of like getting back on the horse i guess I always like to make sure the audience is not too far from my mind. It, you know, if someone wanted to get involved with this or your event, do you need volunteers? Is this an event you need volunteers? Because I could already see a couple of people buying tickets to figure out where you are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, so we obviously, obviously don't do surfing in Montana, but probably not, probably not a good idea. No. <laughs> so our, our program is um, usually it's a residential program. We've gone virtual for the past two years, but Um, We are always looking for volunteers to help out um, with our program because we have the participants come and stay right on campus in dorms. And so they're leaving caregivers, you know, they might not be independent with things. And it's a great opportunity for students who are looking into, um, you know, might be interested in spinal cord injury rehab or that sort of thing. Uh, They can come and do a lot of a ton of hands on care with with these people that are um, that come and participate in the program. I mean, this lines up really well with who we, we just talked to Joe a second ago, which is like, you learn a lot. And again, I'll, uh, I've never done an adaptive surfing program, but I'm going to, I'm going to guess and correct me if I'm wrong, please do. You will get out more than you put in. 
Totally. Uh, yeah. I was thinking that, like, as you were saying that, I'm like, that's, that's empower. Like the, the students that come to the program, the participants that come to the program, the directors that come to the program, like I'm always learning something from the participants or the students that are there. It's just, it's a great learning environment. Um, empower specifically, but just being involved in adaptive sports and helping somebody get back to a sport that, that maybe you're passionate about is so, is so rewarding and fulfilling. And that's really what's driven, you know, um, developing the program is, is developing opportunities like these for other people. We probably need an entire episode to talk about starting a nonprofit like this and we'll say it now live open invitation full because in, i think there's enough people who always have that you know i'd always want to and whenever i hear people say something like that i'm always like let's do like do it like <laughs> do fail it. i always tell people i'm like fail what, what happens if you fail and they're like i don't know i'll fail i'm like yeah but like then what nothing so just try so i would love to have you back to talk about the arc of creating a nonprofit because yes there's some sunshine and rainbows and waves but there's also some you know issue but if whatever you can learn, if you can teach someone else, I would love to hear someone do that. So we'll do a full episode on that. But the question I have for you about starting a nonprofit, um, what you get, what do you get out of that? Besides needing a couple of bottles of ibuprofen, probably some headaches and everything, but you know, what do you get out of that? That's um, I think, you know, Jill, Jill touched upon it a, a bit, but just finding your passion and, it took, I think starting the nonprofit, it was just an idea. And it was myself and two other, um, another physical therapist and an occupational therapist, Jess and Liz. And the three of us kind of were in that, that moment of like, can we really do this? Like oh, it, yeah. and this, this was 10, 12 years ago now, um, 11 years ago. Um, but where we were just kind of thinking about it and, and it was like, can, can we really do it? But I think the, the key part with taking on something like this is surrounding yourself with the people that are going to be your yes people. They're going to be like, yes, like, like you were saying, do it. Like if it's something that's, that's part of you and in your heart and you're passionate about it, then you're going to bring something good into the world that, that didn't exist before. So like, it's, it's definitely worth it. It's so, it was so much work up front in so many questions that, you know, people had of us, but I think we kind of stayed the course and I'm so happy that we did because it's been, it, it was my first baby. So, um, I have another infant right now, but it was, you know, a labor of love and everybody that's, that comes, I feel like is, is touched with that, with that love, so to speak. Um, but in, and, and I wouldn't, yeah, I, I mean, I would encourage anybody that has, you know, an idea to, to kind of go for it, especially if you have that. Chuck it. Yeah. Just fling it. I'm reading a book now, a good one. Uh, Steven Johnson's like the, it's called the innovators cookbook. And he really studies innovation. Like a lot of people look at innovation or ideas as like, well, they just kind of like happen. They're light bulbs. They pop. And he's like, no, no, no. That's if you look backwards and he's like, this is what, this is what science does. They, they deconstruct. And he talked about, and I just read this chapter yesterday. Talked about three things. You need expertise. You have to have expertise to innovate. You can't accidentally innovate. Right. So expertise, you need creativity. And he defined like creativity as saying like, you need to be able to persistently be able to flip problems upside down, look at them differently. That's how he kind of looked at creativity. And then the last one was, you have to have passion. If you don't care about the problems you're solving, you will not persist through the crap and the walls and the nose that come up. So it sounds like you cared, 
you were creative enough to go, well, we don't know enough. Well, you're going to learn. And that's, you know, that you were creative, but you had the expertise enough to say, in the end, I want humans to surf or whatever I want them to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as far as the creativity piece too, um, I feel lucky that the two other people that, that I've worked with and my, my two other co-founders, we have three very different ways of looking at things. And so surrounding yourself with not only people that will yes you, but people that will, you know, encourage your own growth and it kind of yeah. expand your, your mind. And a lot of things parallel, right? I say like my career in physical therapy is much like me walking around quite literally a happy hour of physical therapists and bumping into people and just saying, teach me something. And mm -hmm. there were people who said, you know what? Uh, I had someone in PT school. Well, when you're done interviewing, and this is like episode 20, when you're done interviewing all the famous people in physical therapy, then what are you going to do? And it was that moment when I was like, oh, you don't see it. That I look at conversation as if you can get something out of anybody if you're willing to ask interesting questions, be interested and listen. And that's when I was like, oh, you just proved my concept. And that's where you're saying, like, if you have the passion, like you will find not only the way, but you'll find the people to follow you. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, are you ready for your, uh, I'll give you a choice. I chose for everybody. Do you want three questions or parting shot? Which one do you want? Uh, parting shot. I'll take parting, parting shot. shot. Yeah. Parting shot with Carrie Callahan. Let's do that. I know the production value has gone up seven or eight dollars on this show with the logo things. Uh, parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic PT. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, again, find them online at orthopt.org, leaders in the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. All right. You chose parting shot. I like that. Mic drop moment is yours. What do you want to leave with the audience? All right. So this comes from um, a book that my mother gave me as I graduated college that I still have. Um, but uh, and it is this from Howard Thurman. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Yes, that's that's what I just said. Look at that radio segue. Like, find what lights you up and then totally. do that. Like leap and the net shall appear. That's the way it works. Uh, Carrie Callahan, thank you so much. Let's bring all the all the guests uh, back on the screen, whether they're ready for it or not. Bring them back in there. We got Jill. We got Teo. We got Chuck. Uh, thank you guys for for doing this. This is our first uh, opportunity to do kind of a virtual uh, or uh, a PT school uh, celebration. We had uh, quite a few comments, quite a few uh, interactions with uh, with students, faculty, and alums. Um, uh, we'll, let's go around the horn. Uh, we mentioned that before we started the show, so I'll put it in order that we had you guys on the show. So we're going around the horn here. Uh, we'll start with Chuckles. Uh, Chuckles uh, on the screen there. What did you notice from the other guests? Was there things that I mean, you you're kind of an expert at listening and then you know kind of jotting down notes as other people talk. Were there any things that, you know, kind of stood out to you or said that you were nodding along with or that really inspired you or spoke to you? Or just the P word, passion. I mean, everybody's passion came out. It was it was different for everybody. It was the same for everybody. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I think that's uh, transcends all of the people in our profession. They're passionate. If you're going to copy someone's thing, right, copy the pa – oh, 
follow the passion, not what they're doing. Like copy the why, make it your why. And then who cares how the how will happen? It it just will. I like that. Uh, Teo, as you're listening, as you're listening to Chuck, as you're listening to Jill and Carrie, what you, is there anything that you were kind of nodding along with? Just so people know, when people see the social media graphics online for the show, Teo and uh, Bridget and Juliet, they're responsible. But Teo, like, you know, that's kind of your job is you're kind of like the uh, official, unofficial, you know, moment uh, uh, recognizer. What jumped out at you? I think the biggest thing was just that, you know, we have a lot of uh, great alums here from Ithaca just being, you know, I'm a student right now, but seeing, you know, Dr. Saccone, Dr. Mary, Dr. Kelly, and just speak. Um, it's pretty awesome to see all the work that's been done at Ithaca and then just to see what the future holds for us students as well. That's at least 15 bonus points, right? He mentioned the uh, the school. He That's a lot of PR right there, guys. All right, we're going to throw him, throw him some points right there. Uh, Jill, same question to you as we wrap up. You know, what's something that, you know, kind of stood out to you when you were listening to the rest of the show? Great. Yeah, easy A, Teo. There you go. Um, so so uh, I would say, you know, Teo, sort of what you touched upon, um, you know, your influence, that giving somebody that little nudge. Um, so now, you know, it's going to get to be your turn for that. And, uh, you know, Carrie, you're nudging people every day and in, in getting back to doing the things they love. And, um, you know, I, I know, Dr. Saccone, you have influenced hundreds and probably thousands of students over your years. So I think the nudge, I like that nudge. Nudge them. All right, Kelly, Carrie, same, same question uh, to you. Yeah, I mean, I've it's really cool. I'm, I'm pretty far removed from Ithaca, but it's so great to be back and, and see, you know, um, see all the professors that I had when I went to Ithaca um, that are still involved and are still such a big part of the program. Um, and I really liked the servant leadership, that quote that you had mentioned, Jimmy, um, and, and just that concept, because I think it is it is so important in, yeah. in the profession and just in the world. I love that. Yeah. All right. Let's bring back in uh, Barb and Sarah Fitchell, who helped put up put together this episode. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up with same same question for for both of you. When you guys were getting to kind of be more of a participant, watching anything that stood out to you, we'll start with Sarah. I'm just proud to see all of our alums and our current students, and um, how much we contribute to the profession of physical therapy. Yeah. as a whole and and with our work together so i thank all of you for agreeing to do this tonight it's great feels great to see to see wh- how far things go like over places you'll go not to quote dr seuss or anything but one of my favorite doctors um smart guy right there dr seuss barb we kicked off the show with you let's end it with you uh what stood out to you for this uh from this uh, uh broadcast yeah jimmy you started off with me by asking me what was unique about ithaca and i think our viewers just had a chance to see that um, I think the passion, the depth, the, the involvement on a global scale that our alumni and students and faculty are involved in is what makes Ithaca, Ithaca. There you go. It's show, not tell. I tell people that all the time in communicate. Show them, don't tell them. Uh, maybe we could do this again in the future. Well, I, I, w- I want to come up with, I want to see some more gorges. We'll do this uh, in person, hopefully, when we can uh, safely do that. Uh, Bombers, thanks so much for having me. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, 
Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPintCast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.